two new cases have been confirmed, with three new COVID-19 deaths reported. The total number of cases in Wales is now 211,224, with 5,546 deaths. The total number of cases across the three counties is now 15,978. That's 10,757 in Carmarthenshire, 3,450 in Pembrokeshire, and 1,771 in Ceredigion. Across Wales, 1,768 8,585 people have received their first dose of the vaccine and 687,049 with their second. A local solicitors has been overwhelmed by the response to its offer of sponsorship to local organisations and is calling on other companies to help bridge the funding gap. Haverford West solicitors Eaton, Evan and Morris put out a Facebook post saying, We are looking for local sports clubs and organisations who might need a little bit of a helping hand this year. We have tripled our sponsorship budget for this year. The response to this offer has been described as huge with many local organisations and charities replying. Eaton Evans Chief Executive Sarah Charlton, who published the post on April 22nd, is now calling for other companies which can afford it to join with Eaton Morris and help increase the level of support on offer. She said, It is heartbreaking that we cannot get everyone around. We have had such a huge response and some of them are such worthwhile causes. Eaton Evans has a history of providing local support. It hosts a ball every year at Wolf's Castle Country Hotel, which raises money for the DPJ Foundation, a leading mental health charity working with the agricultural community in Wales. David Powis police are aiming to educate people on the laws around carrying and selling knives, as well as advising on how to safely dispose of blades during a National Week of Action. Operation Scepter runs from April 26th to May 2nd, and during this time people are encouraged to leave unwanted knives in amnesty bins at police stations across the area, including Ammonford, Haverford West, Cardigan and Pembroke Dock. The force also wants people to know how to safely dispose of knives and blades outside the amnesty period and to urge anyone involved in a household clearance or those who would consider leaving knives at a charity shop to instead take them to a recycling centre for safe disposal. The force is also encouraging a common sense approach to selling knives and blades and will be offering advice on when a knife can legally be carried as part of someone's work. Inspector Williams said that many types of blades are legal to sell but have a questionable purpose. We will be working with retailers to discuss the law and what is sensible? I am Charlie James, and you're up to date on Pure West Radio.
Well, a very good evening. This is Pure West Radio and it's Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. I'm Ben Stone. Welcome to the second half. And we've got another busy hour coming up. No Bill Kahn again tonight, but he is now back home and recuperating well. We both had a good chat with him over the last couple of days. He will be back on the show very soon. So we send him our very best wishes and a night off tonight as well for Gordon Thomas, which means Fraser Watson it's just the two of us, but we'll make it if we try. And we'll be helped by Richard Merriman, chairman of Pembroke County Cricket Club. He'll be with us to preview the new season, which this time next week will be underway. And with the news confirmed on Friday that Rob Page will lead Wales to the Euros, we've got Di Reese from the Coleman Had a Dream podcast joining us to give us his thoughts about where this leaves Wales going into this summer's tournament. So we may be the last two standing tonight, but we'll get through the show with your help. You can get involved hashtag pure west sport in fact you could say it'll be elementary my dear fraser watson how are you yeah ben a bit undercooked here tonight aren't we looking looking around the zoom screen and only seeing one face but no i'm more relaxed than i was last monday ben you'll be pleased to know i was quite worked up after the esl news broke and i got to be at reading yesterday to see swansea at least secure their playoff place. So for two weeks, I can breathe a little bit easier before the drama starts again. Well, we had so much feedback last week on the show and, and do keep those comments coming, what, what you made of the fallout, because it was a, it was a passionate start to the, the show last week when we spoke about the European Super League. And it was quite incredible, really, Fraser, what, what came next, wasn't it? And all of a sudden, the, the cards just tumbled and, and teams pulled out left, right and centre. But do you really think the European Super League has gone away for good. No, I think Florentino Perez has come out and been quite clear on that. I know the, the 12 clubs involved have signed binding contracts. In fact, Barcelona, Real Madrid and Juventus, as we speak, are still yet to withdraw. Um, I think these proposals will very much be on the table, Ben. They'll come again. They'll come back a little bit stronger, a little bit harder and that little bit more leverage. And, you know, it was a cop-out, let's face it, from the, from the nine owners involved who did pull out. Let's, let, let's not rewrite history and, and pretend they were listening to the the fans or at some kind of last minute attack of conscience you know they, they did cop out but my fear now Ben is we're about to have the biggest cop out of all and that is the six English ones I'm not that bothered about the ones outside of here to be honest go unpunished you know they have broken the rule they've broken L9 of the, the Premier League I've been listening to very weak arguments all week that you can't punish the fans and the players because they're not responsible no one's saying they're responsible you know but I, I look back at point deductions over the years Wigan Macclesfield Bolton Berry, Birmingham the list is endless. Sheffield Wednesday, as we speak, are about to get relegated from the championship because they broke yep. spending rules. So so where's the, the moral outcry for that? Where's people saying it's not the fault of Darren Moore, who's coming as manager late on the season, mm-hmm. or any of the players mm-hmm. involved? No one is. So I'm afraid we can't bottle out that it's just because it's the big clubs involved. They need to be severely punished, Ben. You know, and, and let these owners face the wrath of the fans they've let down. Let them explain to their players why a year of toil in the most difficult circumstances has ever been in football, it's gone to waste. You know, because really, the, the managers of those clubs had, had to become the, the spokesman for a dreadful idea, um, and and there were some difficult comments from Jurgen Klopp, I thought, and, and from Solskjaer and from Ryan Mason, who uh, was all of a sudden the, the Tottenham manager, having been the under twenty three coach just 24 hours before having to talk about the European Super League. And I thought that the reaction from the owners wasn't particularly satisfactory. If you, if you look at the at the English clubs, uh, we had John Henry post a, a pre-recorded Twitter video. Uh, Daniel Levy hasn't really said a word since 
since Tottenham confirmed they weren't going to be in it, we, we've not heard much from Arsenal. Edward would will be leaving, although we understand he, he probably would have left anyway at, at the end of the year. So it, it does feel like it's being brushed under the carpet. And, and I do think we should hear from the, those owners, Fraser. And, and we've actually got to believe them when they, they say they're sorry, because this was a monumental misjudgment, wasn't it? Yes, certainly. And look, I said on the show last week that I found it hard to comprehend that no manager or player or senior figure had been involved or had any inkling of these negotiations that have been going on, obviously, for a year, probably longer. I retract that now. I came off the show last Monday. I saw the interview with James Milner. I saw the interview with Jurgen Klopp. I watched Pep Guardiola's press conference the next day. And, and it's quite clear that they were kept in the dark, which is staggering. Staggering, really. It's a complete betrayal of those mm-hmm. managers. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, John Henry, at least at least we've seen his face. That's one thing you say for him. You know, it might be a pre-recorded bland message and it was quite hollow words, but at least he came out and, mm. and showed himself. The others just put their names to bland statements. And, and you're absolutely right. I don't think the true magnitude of what they've tried to do here has really been hit home for them. And that's why they need to be much. Throw them out of Europe, you know, give them points deduction, mm. you know, hit them where it hits, where they don't have this Champions League football they crave and, and the severe finances that come with it. You know, and, and like I said, let them be accountable for what's gone on and don't let this moment pass us by now. It needs a big message needs to be hammered home. Well, let's see what happens. Give us your comments just on that fallout uh, to the ESL. So it was it was a passionate start last Monday, and I, I was glad what happened. But I, I do feel uh, fear that that isn't the end, and, and that we might see this happen again a few years down the line. I'm not convinced clubs have, have learned their lesson. And I think Fraser's spot on. They they won't learn those lessons unless there is some outcome to, to what they tried to do but let's let's focus a bit on the field shall we Fraser because there's there's plenty to talk about in, in the world of football from the weekend you've got a great uh, background there because you, you were in Reading weren't you uh, watching Swansea draw yesterday 2-2 you, you were covering the game that draw for Swansea guarantees them a playoff spot 77 points they're on now so they'll definitely be in the playoffs uh, Steve Cooper 100 games in charge of Swansea City. Uh, personally, I, I think the FA um, made a mistake not keeping him in the system because he could have been an outstanding under-21 England manager and a really good coach. Uh, you said on Twitter his tactics have, have come in for some criticism of late, but he's done a good job in steering Swansea into the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, for second successive season as well, Ben. And look, you know, on social media, especially, opinions do fly about, and, and he has been lamented at times. And, and it's almost barbaric to think of, of what he's achieved with the resources he's had. You know, and look, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I've watched Swansea a lot of times this season. We look pretty toothless going forward, and it took the introduction of IU to prevent another real tame display on Sunday again. And and yes, there has been games where we stagnated and we've looked stale and seemed to run out of ideas. But you're talking someone who walked into a mess, you know and still has a mess going on in the background. We've seen what's happened this year. The sailor Joe Rogan for a ridiculously low fee. That money hasn't been invested back in. You know, Lone players, too, came in for America, uh, already won back. One's really injured. One just simply didn't work out. He, he's had to manage this side amongst a backdrop of turmoil, right? And in back-to-back seasons, he's guided them to a top-six finish. You know, it, it's a remarkable achievement on paper. And you look at his record, it's 100 games, I think 45 wins, 27 draws. You know, it, it's very favourable for him. So I think it's time he was appreciated, to be honest, Ben. And you mentioned it, the England setup. I don't think any manager would have been able to come into Swansea and do what he's done on that budget. But because of his contacts in the England setup, because of him working in youth football, because of him knowing of players with potential, he's managed to get people in under the radar. Rian Brewster, mm. Freddie Woodman, for example. Mm. 
it's not sustainable. You, you can't have going season in season out relying on a, on a for lone players as the core of your squad. But he's done a remarkable job in difficult circumstances, and it's about time fans, Swansea fans in particular, respected him for that. But I've, yeah, two two questions to to finish that actually, uh, Fraser. Number one, uh, Swansea fifth in the table. Who, who who do you want in the playoffs? I think Barnsley probably would be the more attractive with with Bournemouth and Brentford also in there. I mean, there's no set formula for these playoffs. We know that, don't you? It's not the form team or the team that finishes third that invariably goes on to win them. But no, I think I think Barnsley, if you're brutally honest, Swansea beating them 2-0 at home and 2-0 away. They're the surprise package, actually, um, to be up there in that top six. Brentford currently look back in form. Bournemouth, they're incredibly strong. You look at the run they put together, you wonder, should they be you know, pushing for automatic promotion? And that we don't want to see the top, the three who came down, go back up. Do we? <laughs> well, no, you don't, Fraser. No, you don't. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> my, my preference would be Barnsley, Ben. The Steve Cooper said it yesterday and agreed. You, you just can't think like that. You, you cannot think like that. And they've got to manage these two games carefully now because Swansea squad is smaller than particularly Brentford and Bournemouth who are involved. Yes, there's two games where they, they do want results to jostle for position and maybe get that, in theory, slightly easier semi-final but the last thing they want to do is an injury now to, to someone like IU or Connor Roberts or Jamal Lowe who's so critical to them and IU especially come back from that hamstring injury doing what he did yesterday I'll be very surprised if he plays two, two straight 90 minutes now just second question on that, on Steve Cooper, really. Uh, we talk, we've spoken about his record. We've spoken about his 100 games in charge. I, I'm always conscious of, of the fact there's some really good managers in the Championship and in League One and, and League Two. Uh, where, where would you say Steve Cooper ranks in terms of those up-and-coming managers in, in the Championship? Because I, I think with his record and his coaching pedigree, he is someone we have got to take seriously as an up-and-coming coach. Oh, certainly. I think he's still got learning to do. Um, I think working on maybe his substitutions and the way he sets Swansea up sometimes. And, and like I said, going forward, they have looked tough us at times, but then he's working with limited resources. He hasn't been able to bring the striker like he wanted to. So you've got to counter it with that as well. But no, I think you're right. He's a young up-and-coming manager. And if he continues to, to battle against the tide the way he is almost with Swansea, then yeah, clubs will look at him. Okay, uh, we'll talk about the Carabao Cup final before nine o'clock because that was disappointing. Yes, you're not getting away with that one either. No, we, we will talk about that before nine o'clock. And, and of course, Swansea could be heading to Wembley, couldn't they, for, for a playoff final? But uh, how about have for West County? Uh, drew nil-nil on the Bridge Meadow with Flint. And I think it was important, really, after two bad results and a, and a, a bit of a hammering at, at Cardiff Met University. I think Wayne Jones was determined that the players stopped the rot, basically, and, and they, they put an end to that bad run. And they did that, didn't they, with, with a point on Saturday, which I think he'll be pleased about in the circumstances. Yes, like you said, it temporarily holds what's been a poor enough form to them. I mean, they, they went to Penembol thinking a win could possibly see that top six finish and into the, the top tier split. And, and the six games since then, the four defeats and, and, and one win and a draw. Um, yeah, they they impressed me with the first half. Jack Wilson was back. That made a difference. He hit the bar, went close with another chance. Ben Fawcett shot over as well. But they were hanging on a bit in the second half, actually. Gadger and Goal made a couple of crucial stops there. They got a big game tomorrow night now. Cardiff mm. met. They were embarrassed the other night down there in Cardiff. 5 0 down in 39 minutes. Eventually lost 6 1. They want to address that. You know, there should be a team top there already. And if they can get back to a win tomorrow night and, and battling for that seventh spot again, which I think it is quite important to them. Newport have taken at the moment on goal difference. So, yeah, they'll be down the meadow tomorrow night. You'll hope to see him bounce back in some way. 
Yeah, I, I think so. I think that will be a, a good target for Wayne James. And we, and we have to remember as well, this uh, this split this season with the fact we've had the, the COVID delay to factor in, yeah. the, the run of games is, is challenging. And I think you are going to see, um, I think Wayne said this to us, you're going to see the odd freak result just because of tiredness, squad rotation, that that type of thing. So uh, maybe we'll put that Cardiff Met down to that and, and see what they can, they can do tomorrow. No I doubt think you might that. see the odd, the odd bit of tiredness online as well, Ben. They've just accidentally released their team 24 hours early. It, it's since been taken down, but... They better have hoped that no, no Cardiff players players on Facebook. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think Wayne would just say, look, we're, we're very confident. We're happy to name the side 24 <laughs> hours in advance. This is what we're I, I, that's what I would have done, I think. I think that, that's, that's absolutely fine. Uh, okay, listen, we, we will do the Carabao Cup final. We'll look back on that because I, I, yeah, it was another occasion for Tottenham that I'm afraid passes by. Uh, and we had this discussion last week. You sat your manager the week of a cup final and you put someone in charge who's only managed one game previously. What do you expect against Pep Guardiola's Manchester City? But hold that. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Because, Fraser, in just a sec, uh, we are going to look ahead to the, the Pembroke, uh, Pembrokeshire cricket season for 2021. This time next week, uh, when you join us on the show, you will have come straight off the field. If selected. If selected, yeah. <laughs> well, the seconds have got well, a game as well, haven't they? On Bank Holiday Monday. Unless I'm higher in the uh, in the batting order than I've been recently, I could be coming straight off the square to do this show, Ben, depending on how long the game goes on and, and if we've got first or second. But yeah, I'll, I'll be here on Monday, muddy whites and all. But it's, it's an exciting time, isn't it? The, the start yes, of the cricket season in Pembrokeshire. It, it, it's great to see. And probably, do you think even more so this year, just given what we've all been through, um, the, the fact it was in doubt whether sport would return in, in Pembrokeshire, there must be, I think, even more excitement than usual this year. Oh, absolutely, Ben. You, you do sense a greater buzz around the place. You know, people are appreciated to be back, even us in, in net sessions. You know, we've had a dozen people in a net session the other night. It's probably, probably doubled or tripled our record attendance at pre-season <laughs> training, I think. But you're hearing stories about that in clubs across the county, actually, nets being full, people keen to train. People are just pleased to be back out there. They're thankful yeah. for small mercies. You've you seen the, seen the ball well, phrase. Not too bad, you know, dodgy surface a couple of times, the balls I was facing, um, obviously kept low, kept high, but, um, you know, no one peaks too early. <laughs> He's got the excuses in already. <laughs> right, we will, we will preview the cricket season. Richard Merriman is chairman of the Pembroke County Cricket Club and he will be with us next on Pure West Sport. Castle Hot Tubs are Wales' largest multi-award winning wellness company based right here in Pembrokeshire. Offering luxury hot tubs and swim spas to suit every need and budget. Check out their Pembrokeshire range of hot tubs inspired by the beautiful beaches and coastline of our county at castlehottubs.co.uk. A warm welcome awaits at the new showroom on Vine Road in Johnston. Want to win a hot tub for a week? Tune into Pure West Radio every weekday morning at 10.45 and play Where's the Hot Tub for your chance to win. Castle Hot Tubs, the friendly company. Big enough to cope, small enough to care. Patch is the Pure West Radio chosen charity of the year. Pembrokeshire Action to Combat Hardship, founded in June 2008. They cover the whole of Pembrokeshire and have two basic banks that give food, clothing, small household items, toiletries, cleaning products and a baby bank that's in Milford Haven and Pembroke Dock. And three food banks, Haverford West, Begelly and Tenby. They also help the lives of families in the festive season with their Christmas toy appeal. Last year, Patch gave toys to over 950 children. Listen every Wednesday at 5.40 to the Patch Update to find out the latest news with our chosen charity of the year here on Pure West Radio. 
gentlemen, please welcome to Pembrokeshire Vision Arts Wales, a brand new creative hub in Haverford West. Playing host to a youth and amateur theatre company, a show-stopping choir and a multitude of masterclasses from Broadway and West End talent. Calling all actors, singers, dancers and those who want to bring the West End to Wales. Vision Arts has the spotlight and the curtain is about to rise. Ready to take centre stage? Visit visionartswales.com Download the Pure West Radio mobile app from the App Store or Google Play. I got a bit, but I like <laughs> 9 5 in the evening I'm all up in my feelings I'm calling your phone because I can't get enough Work in the morning, early, early in the morning. But who needs sleep when we're loving it up? Oh, and what I gotta do this the hard way. My body wants to be in arms, baby. Something I regret in the morning. But I love just can't sense when you're calling. I got a bed, but I'd rather be yours tonight. I got a bed, but I'd rather be yours.
Pure West Radio for a Monday evening. This is Pure West Sports with G&G Builders. Still to come before nine o'clock, we're going to be joined by Di Reese from the Coleman Had a Dream podcast. He's going to give us his thoughts on the news that uh, Ryan Giggs won't be leading Wales to the Euros this summer. Rob Page will be the man in charge. We'll get some reaction uh, to that from Di. But uh, we have got Richard Merriman with us now, the chairman of the Pembroke County Cricket Club, ahead of the start of the new cricket season in Pembrokeshire this weekend. Richard, good evening. How are you? Evening, Ben. How are you? Evening, Fraser. Very good. good. Yeah, we're, good we're, we're both, both really well. And we're, and we're looking forward to this. Just as the weekend approaches, uh, you must be delighted just to see cricket returning in the county after a difficult last year. Well, yes. Last year, obviously, we couldn't get the league programme because you know we couldn't get going until July. But uh, fair play, uh, we got all the cups in except the, uh, the Dougie. And I think the boys appreciated that because, you know, they all had friendlies lined up by uh, uh, Kerry's uh, list. But uh, we're the only county in in Wales that managed to get the official cups in. And I think all the boys appreciated that. But yes, it'd be really good to get going this year now. And fingers crossed, everybody uh, keeps fit and well that we can get a full cricket season in. Rich, you mentioned last year was a shortened season, but in some ways, almost a more exhausting season, wasn't it? We, we were in, still in July, not knowing if we have any cricket. Then all of a sudden, we had this frantic arrangement, and it was at wham bam all the way through August, wasn't it? Are you obviously that was your first year of chairman? Quite an introduction. This time around, are you able to relax a bit more? You've got a bit of structure. You can see the fixtures ahead of you, and maybe enjoy your role a bit. Well, hopefully, because last year, I mean, you know, this wonderful that we're on now, Zoom. If it hadn't been for that, I mean, we'd have emails, phone calls would have been going around. But I mean, we were basically having a Zoom meeting every other night because obviously it, when it was getting to the point that we could start the season, um, there was so much to sort out and ha- what we were going to do, how we were going to do it, what the clubs wanted, uh, so forth. Um, and then once we started playing, as you said, we were playing Harrison Allen, Ali Colley on the same day in the, in the early early game, then a later game for the Ali Colleys and but, you know, we got them all in. It was, as you said, Fraser, a bit frantic. Uh, everybody's saying, like uh, a few have said, I think you included, well, this is your first year. No, it isn't. This is my fifth year, the way it's been going. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, no, as you said, this year now is hopefully fully structured as long as we don't have, have any more lockdowns. Uh, I think everybody's confident that we won't. And uh, fingers crossed, and the sun keeps shining like it has for the last couple of days, we'll... Uh, We'll get a full season in and everything will run smoothly. And obviously the county side has been resurrected very well in the last few years. There have been some pretty prestigious fixtures, actually. That had to be put on hold last year. Um, are you able to confirm yeah. that that county side will be reformed again this year? I am available, but more on that later. <laughs> yeah, OK, uh, I'll, I'll, hang on, let me get a pen. I'll make a note of it. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll, I'll text you, Rich, don't worry. <laughs> uh, at the moment, uh, we've got uh, the South Wales League are playing uh, the county at Kilgetty on the Sunday the 30th of May. Then uh, the Wales 40 Club uh, play the county at Hartford West on the uh, 13th of June. Uh, we go away to South Wales League on the 20th of June. Most probably um, it seems that we, we go to Clundersil because uh, they're the only club that seems to want to host it. their county matches as well. And it's a lovely ground, uh, you know, by the river there. And then we finish off this year with the uh, MCC once again uh, down in Pembroke Dock on Tuesday, July the 20th. So, yeah, we've got uh, four games lined up so far. And it's good because the boys really enjoy 
and uh, Sean hopefully will captain the side uh, again. And uh, Sean Hanlon, Nayland. Yeah. If he's listening, you know, hopefully give me the thumbs up on the text now in a minute. <laughs> he just found out perhaps that he, yeah, he's yeah. leading the side. Yeah, that's it, great. You know, fair play. We ask boys, we pick we pick a side. Um, obviously, due to work commitments, people drop out, and then sometimes on a Saturday somebody gets injured. Frantic on the phone, so Fraser, I've got your number, so you never know. <laughs> so it could be a breaking news on the show, Fraser. Your caller, yeah. And um, we, we get people watching Richard, um, obviously in Pembrokeshire, but but people from beyond uh, watchers and, and listen on a, on a Monday evening. And um, cricket in Pembrokeshire is such an important part of the summer, isn't it? So for, for maybe people who, who who aren't from the area, can can you just sum it up? How how important is the cricket season to life in the county? Would you say? Well, I think a lot with the football and the rugby, well, especially the rugby, that's very intense, obviously. Uh, I think the boys, well, Fraser played for Whitland when I was involved with that. Um, they all look forward to the cricket season. It's more chill for some of them, obviously. The ones that are really the, the first division sides, you know, are keen. Um, but they're all footballers, all rugby players. And I think it's a way they can relax. And I mean, over the years, um, years ago, I always remember Morris Cole um, saying that, you know, anybody getting married had to get married on a on a Friday or a Monday. You know, but nowadays that things changed. We have boys. And he meant that. <laughs> yeah, so, some boys struggling with sort of uh, do's and things, whatever. But things have changed. Family life has changed. But uh, I think this year, especially because nobody's had sport for such a long time, I think uh, they'll all be really into the cricket season, and we're looking forward to it. And just talk about the fact that obviously um, we've, we've gone through the pandemic, so there'll be some. Will there be some restrictions in place, Richard? Are there any special measures you're having to put into place to, to let cricket start safely again this summer? Well, it's basically the same restrictions as last year at the moment. It's a bubble of thirty, which okay, it's very um, <laughs> the the bubble of thirty is players, umpires, scorers. I mean, we all know you can go to a pub, you can go to Aldi's or Tesco's or whatever. You know, and you can have people there, and you can sit on a veranda somewhere. You can have a drink because it's an outside. But you've got to turn your back on the cricket, supposedly. It's it's a very hard one that is with the supporters. I mean, I was unfortunately I was at the funeral this morning and talking to a Caselli person, and like he was saying, well, when when are we likely to get back sat in the hedge? And I said, well, at the moment, you know, it's going to be the bubble of thirty. I mean, there is. I think on the 17th of May, it goes up to 50. So how, whether that is, is allowed then the extra 20 people to actually watch. But we all know in Pembroke, you sit in the car, you put your seat out in front of the car, you're, you're 20 metres away from anybody else half the time. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just one of those vague, unfortunately, the word spectator is, uh, is classed as all sports and we get uh, in, mm-hmm. included in that. And then it's difficult for people to go around it somehow, but uh, hopefully, as the, the weeks, a couple of weeks go on now, we're, we're hoping, uh, we're working with, uh, with the Cricket Wales, we're working with uh, the Welsh Government, obviously the, the, we've got elections coming up, so things could change, but, you know, they're all working hard to get us back into, uh, to let in supporters and spectators watch the, the wonderful game of cricket in Pembrokeshire. That's good. Uh, Fraser, you saw plenty of cricket last summer. I did as well. And actually, it, it was the one thing that you could do. It was outdoors. You know, you're spaced out around the ground. It actually felt that the cricket I saw last summer, which was just local matches as well, with my dad on a Saturday, it actually felt a really safe environment to be. 
think it gave everyone a lift, actually. I think Richard would say the same thing, especially, you know, like occasions like the Harrison Allen final just gave everyone a lift after what we went to know a second wave was going to come as bad as it did at that point. But after what had been before, just people relished the chance just to be out there in sunshine and socialising and competing again. And, and I like to think, as Richard touched on earlier, they'll have the same pack now on league cricket because we have seen a drop-off in youngsters in recent years. There's, there's no denying that. We've gone from seven divisions down to five. And people have been without sport now for so long, without Saturday sport and, and league sport and the chance to win titles and, and so on. I, I really do have high hopes it'll reinvigorate a few this summer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, another big problem, obviously, um, people haven't didn't have cricket last year. And then all of a sudden, oh, am I going to bother playing? I suppose it'll be the same with the football and the rugby when it comes back. And especially the older ones, Razor, you know, just in case that he might sort of feel, oh, the bones aren't, the muscles aren't good enough to keep going. Hopefully they'll come and join us. No, he's fine. Players, he's absolutely fine. He's, he's, he's been training all, all winter, haven't you, Razor? <laughs> well, on that note, Lee Day has had his say on the county squad on our Facebook page. He just said, a Fraser Watson three not out of eight overs could be crucial. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> None of this swinging across the line rubbish we've been accustomed to. Uh, yeah. Gethin Benjamin's just got in touch as well. Gethin says, "Can't wait for Slam Ryan away on Bank Holiday Monday." The thing I'll is, see you there, Gethin. Yeah. <laughs> for, for he's now doing this show. He's going to have a very, his his cricket season is now going to be played out very publicly. We feel every Monday. Yeah, yeah a bit uncomfortable. I mean, it means Gethin has come on. Just a big shout out to his father Robert, who had a, Absolutely, a major yeah. uh, brain operation a week ago who's uh, doing really well so big shout out to Benj and uh, such a great servant to Whitland rugby and cricket you know the family yeah. really as well yeah um, Rich on one note I want to touch about we don't want to talk about anything negative because we've obviously got a big positive in the cricket's returning but there is still a shortage of umpires um, are you still trying to work to address that and if there are people out there watching who want to take it up how can they go about it well yeah I mean as you know Fraser over the years it's been a major problem you know people are going mm. on playing longer You've got these Welsh, uh, you've got a, over 50s, over 60s, over 70s now, and they keep going. Um, yeah, it is a problem. Last year, uh, we couldn't run any courses face-to-face, but there were courses online, and they are still online, level one and the level two now. So it's free. Uh, go online, join up, go to the Welsh ACO website. It gives everybody the details. Um, even if you're just doing the club cricket, do the course, and then you know you've got a chance to come out on a to a cup match or a, a Saturday when you're not playing or whatever. Make yourself available. We will cover obviously most. I think every Saturday so far we'll be able to cover the first division and perhaps two or three in the second. Um, a couple of weeks time, I'm I'm doing one on my own. Uh, boys are doing that to try and get more coverage in the second division. It is it is a problem. It's it's an ongoing problem. We. We try and encourage everybody in the season, oh yes, I'm going to do the course and I'll, I'll come and do the course and then I'll be out dumping and, you know, by the time the winter comes and it gets cold and wet and they start forgetting about the cricket season. But uh, we're trying and, uh, as I said, they're online free, it's great, have a go. I'll see you <laughs> yeah, Kev Bowen's asked, have the umpires had a pay rise, Richard? Well, we, we did have a pay rise awarded in the AGM last year before COVID lockdown. So, yes, Kevin, there's more money available. <laughs> That's the way to tempt them, Richard, no, no doubt about it. So how will you be spending the weekend, a doubleheader then, um, Saturday and Monday for, for the Saturday, clubs? Saturday I'm up in Fechred, uh, Fechred against Nederland in the first division, and on Sunday I'm in Keiru. Kiru against Halford West, so 
that's my first two matches. And yourself, Fraser? I'll be pending selection. Ben, um, I, I know this works. I've been around a lot of time now. I'll probably be the seconds away till Kilgetty on the Saturday. The seconds are then home on the Monday, so I'll probably pull up late to the first two away in Stackpole. <laughs> but um, no, this is no, but uh, it's just one final thing for you as well. Obviously, it's not just about local cricket here. We have got teams competing now in the Welsh Cup. I think Nayland really broke down the barriers for a Pembroke side a couple of years ago, didn't they? They reached that final into Fire Gardens, pushed Ammonford all the way with a lot of players missing. It, can that be the spear that we need? Because we'd love to see a Pembroke team go on and win that cup. I mean, are you confident that our, our best sides now can compete well in that, not just Nayland? Well, yeah, I mean, the biggest problem, Fraser, those games come on a Sunday. Uh, yeah. As I said earlier on, you know, in this day and age, you've all got all the youngsters now having families earlier, the children, you know, in a normal year, you know, that's their time to spend on a Sunday. And a lot of clubs do suffer on a Sunday to get the full team out. Uh, Nayland, yes, they do. There's only one or two missing usually from their Saturday lineup, which is mm. proved that's how they did so well to get to that final. But it is it is a problem. Hopefully this year now we, the sides will be strong. I mean, people have talked about it'd be nice to see uh, a side in the Premier League. But you know, when you're asking boys to, I think uh, yesterday was saying to his father in work that you know they're travelling to Morgan uh, Commanding Wonders that up in Newbridge on Saturday. Well, if you're asking boys from you pick a side or some boys from Tish to go all the way up there. I mean, they're not going to get any work. They can't work on a Saturday. And that's a big commitment then to ask boys yeah. to do that. I mean, let's not start, start talking about teams breaking away into other leagues after this week either, Richard. We've all had enough of that. We've done that, haven't we? Yeah, well, listen, Richard, um, thank you ever so much for joining us um, this evening. Um, good luck for the, the new season. And, and I think a big thank you as well for everything you do for cricket in Pembrokeshire because it's it's hard work and without people giving up their time, the fixtures wouldn't happen. So you, yeah, you do a great it's job. It's not me. I've got a wonderful, a great mm. executive committee. We all get uh, slagged off now and again, but we're all there. We're, you know, we're doing it for the benefit of the cricket and the players, in, all players uh, in Pembrokeshire, from seniors to juniors. And, uh, yeah, it's a privilege to be involved. And uh, more people, it'd be nice if we get more people to come and get involved. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Good luck for this weekend. Thank you very yeah, much for joining us on the show and we'll look forward to talking to you during the season Richard no doubt about it as we follow Fraser's return I'll see you out in the middle Richard (laughs) (laughs) good stuff we're going to talk football (laughs) (laughs) we're going to talk football in just a sec with uh, Di Reese from the Coleman Had a Dream podcast as we bring you Pure West Sports on a Monday evening right here on Pure West Radio (laughs) witness the evil power of Bedhead no my hair won't anyone help me Stop right there, bedhead. Your reign of hair-meddling terror is over. Freestyle, my old nemesis. You can't stop me, boyo. Guess again. Eat laser. No! I'll get you next time, freestyle. Oh, thank you. No problem. When it comes to bedhead, you just got a freestyle. For wicked trims, call Freestyle Barbers, Portfield Haverford West on 07827-445589. Oh, Loch Farm Ice Cream. Handmade delicious ice cream using the milk of their 350 free-range cows right here from their Pembrokeshire family farm. Come and try the extensive range of flavours which include traditional, 
banana, blackberry, chocolate, coffee, ginger, lemon, Pembrokeshire honey, Pembrokeshire salted caramel, raspberry truffle, pistachio, strawberry and many more at their newly opened shop on the Riverside, Haverford West. They offer a range of sizes from small tubs and cones to eat on the go or insulated takeaway tubs for you to enjoy at your own pleasure. Loch Farm Ice Cream. to discover this year at Folly Farm and with a great value annual pass you get 12 whole months of family friendly fun. (laughs) Now you only have to visit more than twice in the year to start saving. How's that for value? You can also save 15% off standard day tickets when bought in advance online. Check out www.folly-farm.co.uk for more details. Zoo, barn, fairground, play. Pick your own adventure at Folly Farm. West is best on Pure West Radio. I'll sing it one last time for you.
It's Leona Lewis on Pure West Radio for a Monday evening. It's Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. More at PembrokeshireBuilders.co.uk. I'm Ben Stone, Fraser Watson uh, with me. Of course, no Bill Kahn again this week. We've had quite a few people ask how Bill's doing. If you missed the start of the show, we spoke to him, uh, both Fraser and I, quite a bit over the weekend. He's back home recuperating well and we're sending best wishes to Bill. We want him back on the show uh, really, really soon. Excellent to preview the new cricket season in Pembrokeshire as well. And for people watching from afar, I think you get a real sense of just how important uh, cricket is in Pembrokeshire. There's no doubt about it. But let's turn our attention uh, to the football. It's Euro 2020 for Wales albeit a year late, uh, but Rob Page will be the man to lead Wales into this tournament. Fraser, you've got great memories of Euro 2016. We're going to talk to our next guest all about this for, for Wales and where they go under Page. Yeah, that's right. You've got uh, David Reese here from the Coleman's We Had a Dream podcast, which is growing in popularity and stature, actually, and, and causing excellent recordings and, and also been producing match day programmes online as late. And, and Dave, well, we go back a long way with Welsh football. We sat in there to watch a 5-1 home defeat with Slovakia. We've been in there with 5,000 fans in a <laughs> Principality Stadium for a nil-nil home draw with Paraguay. So it seems strange that we're on the verge of back-to-back Euros and here we are talking about Welsh football in some sort of crisis. But, you know, such a such is the modern world, not much makes sense. And, and obviously this Ryan Giggs situation, we're limited on what we can say, but the fact is he will be going to court. Now he has been charged with some serious offences. He, he's stated his intention to plead not guilty. It could be a very lengthy court case, regardless of the outcome. Is it now inconceivable to think he can return as Wales manager? I think it must be impossible almost for him to come back, regardless of the rights and wrongs of, of what kind of comes out of this situation. I think... His his uh, popularity, I'd say, with the fans was kind of limited when he got the job, and obviously he's turned yeah. a lot of that round with what he's done on the pitch and the the performances and the success that he's got. But I think for a lot of people, certainly that have been in touch with us at Common Had a Dream, have said this is almost an impossible turnaround now. You know, regardless of the rights and wrongs of this, I think a lot of people. Um, have made their mind up on gigs through serious uh, previous act- activity. Sorry, and I think that is. Uh, not, it's going to be very difficult to turn around from this point onwards, I think. So I don't think he can come back personally. I was going to say that with the work you do, you're able to perhaps gauge the overall feeling amongst Welsh fans as much as anyone. Are you seeing any kind of of opposition at the moment? Anyone almost arguing to the contrary that he can come back? Or is the overriding feeling amongst our supporters now that, that this situation has run its course, irrespective of what happens from here? I think the majority think that he should either walk. Um, it's just the right thing to do in terms of the situation. Um, obviously, putting the priority being the, the the players, the fans, everyone in the coaching setup as the as the as the forefront of the situation. I, I appreciate that's not perhaps the most realistic of situations, but um, I, I do get that. I think what's the most likely course is that the FAW will see out his contract until the end of 2022 when the World Cup ends and just I think it might be a good time for everyone to say thanks but but no thanks sort of thing. And perhaps a recent form under Rob Page as he came over he did very well in in that um, European group obviously the and tremendous win over the Czech Republic which follows if not a winning but a competitive performance in Belgium as well so the fact that he has perhaps seamlessly stepped into this maybe this isn't the major disruption ahead of the Euros that it perhaps could have been you know there's been no kind of controversy or talk or clamour for a, for a new manager or who should come in he's kind of stepped in hasn't he and, and steered the ship pretty smoothly 
Absolutely. I think from when this all broke, if you like, in November, he came in uh, in some friendlies and, and Nations League games since then, obviously. I think he's done a pretty good job in the qualifiers to start us off. Obviously, the loss against Belgium was frustrating, but there's definitely some positives there. I think he has a great relationship with some of the younger players as well, which I think is really important for this squad. I think whilst we've got your your Gareth Bales and your Aaron Ramseys and your Joe Allens, who are a big part of the the senior group, if you like, there's still a core young group coming through and he's kind of nurtured that a bit. And I think it's really to his uh, to his credit, if you like, that those players he can now work with at a senior level. So I, I don't think it would be quite the controversy that it could have been, if you like, that, that he's taken over. And I think he's done a very good job since he's come in. And I think whatever happens with Giggs, and his situation, I think the overriding feeling from myself and people we've spoken to is it's time to back page and the boys now as we look forward. I think that the time to mention gigs is maybe passing until this is concluded and it's time to actually focus on the football, which is which is That'd the important nice. thing here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are right, though, but Page does have a good reputation as, a, as an up-and-coming young coach. Does his, does his limited managerial experience worry you? And, and was there any temptation uh, to a point do you think a, a caretaker manager and you know who I'm thinking, was there any, was there any, was there any <laughs> temptation to phone Chris Coleman and say, take us to the Euros? Uh, do you know what? I think if this had been a longer term thing, I think there might have actually been that. And I think mm. at the moment, because we're looking at this in chunks almost, or we'll get these qualifiers done. Now we'll get the Euros done. I think it's impossible to kind of replace someone on a bigger contract like that. And I think the, the, the benefit of that person coming in, if you like, I don't think is actually that big. So I think in, in those terms, I think it's important that, you know, Paige, as you said, is, is respected. His lack of managerial experience is something that would slightly concern me moving forward. But by the same token, if we have a great Euros, you know, you're not going to ask, you're not going to find me clamouring for Chris Coleman to come back. So it's, it's very much swings and roundabouts, I suppose. But I, I think all in, he has done a great job and I think he deserves to have to have the opportunity to gain some experience you know at a at a senior level in a situation where he has had to you know come in in difficult circumstances and has done well so i think he should be given the opportunity as a consequence I am interested where, where the two of you think Wales are at as well going into the euros because that, that that euro 2016 summer was was incredible um can it be repeated and and where do you think Wales will will, will go in in the euros how how do you see it going i mean <sighs> I'd love to say that we could go one better than last time, but uh, but who knows? I think there is some, you know, genuine hope in a tournament like the Euros. You don't have as many kind of giants. You know, there are obviously some big teams out there, but I think there's a lot of teams who are kind of the big hitters who are perhaps in a little bit of transition. The, the Germanys of the world, the, you know, Spain have got a lot of players who are not at their peak anymore. Obviously, we'd all love to do England as well. So that would be, uh, that would be you know, something to behold. So I, I, I do think there are teams in transition, the Dutch on what they were. So I think there are opportunities out there for us, but I think would all be perhaps a little naive to suggest that we could uh, kind of emulate what we did last time. I think it would be an achievement for Wales, given the circumstance and, and the situation. If we can get out of the group and, you know, maybe sneak into a quarterfinal or something mm -hmm. like that, I think would be an excellent achievement for this squad, who are still in a little bit of transition themselves. Dave, talking on the fear that I'm, I'm struggling to really sum up the overall picture in Welsh football at the moment, so I'm going to ask you to do it for me. But <laughs> what, I mean, what I mean by that, like, you know, we did have a joke about it at the start of the show. We've got a team now in back-to-back -back European Championships, unheard of, certainly in our lifetime. You know, we've got a women's team which is competing to qualify for major championships, had a couple of near misses. And then you look behind the scenes, and I'm not just talking about the gig situation now, you've got Jane Ludlow walking away for no real apparent reason. There's been no 
solid clarification on why she went. We've had the situation with Jonathan Ford, who, who you know, did so much well in that role. You know, it actually leaves a very good legacy, but but dramatically underestimated the strength of feeling against him at grassroots during this pandemic. And then the grassroots game itself, which is currently in a mess. You know, clubs going to the wall, managers leaving Welsh league clubs, you know, in, in one sense, the Cymru Premier Division has never had more exposure, but the leagues below it are in turmoil and there's so much concern moving forward now. And that's something we can relate to here in Pembrokeshire. You know, players are hoping to come back in September. They wouldn't have kicked the ball competitively for 16, 17 months. Clubs are really going to worry, really worry about how they're going to be able to pick things up. You know, is there turmoil behind the scenes there? Have we got things wrong in these last couple of years, which is maybe being, you know, hidden away because things are going well on the pitch I think that's the key to it really though isn't it things are going well on the pitch and yes there are you know there undoubtedly are issues and I think a lot of them was come down to finance and you know that's the crux of it the FAW I don't think is ever going to be able to turn over enough money to plough huge resources back into the to the grassroots game which is ultimately what I think it needs Mm. Um, I think if you look at what Ford has done and I'm by no means his biggest defender but He's taken the Welsh coaching setup to one that's one of the most respected yeah. in the world. He held the Champions League here in Cardiff. Well, I say here in Cardiff. I'm not there, but yes, in Cardiff. He he has obviously over overseen this fantastic era of achievement, bringing through some fantastic players. So, do you know what? I don't think the way I try to look at it is I don't think there are many people, if anyone realistically who could have done anything different or anything better i think the reality of the situation is he has done an excellent job in difficult circumstances yes there are things he could have done better and i'm sure he would agree with that and you know the 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 vote of no confidence which preceded him leaving the role obviously is the is the biggest uh, footprint of that but I, I think he does deserve a lot of credit for what he's done and you know you, you started before they're talking about the 5-1 defeats and, and and the like that we oversee i mean the, the it's night and day the difference between yeah. where welsh football was then no, no. and even even you know even in 2014 15 uh, you know when the campaign started in the build up to the euros you know it was not even in a great place then so i think he does deserve credit and equally with the with the women you mentioned there they have come on leaps and bounds, absolute huge strides. And I think he is partly responsible for for kind of that as well. So I think he does deserve um, perhaps a little more credit than he gets sometimes. Uh, well, listen, Dave, thank you ever so much for coming on. Um, the, the podcast, Coleman Had a Dream, I've just subscribed to it. It's available in all the, the usual podcast places. And I have to ask, if it does go well and, and Wales do go one better, will, will it be renamed? Pagey Had a Dream? <laughs> do you know what? If it meant Wales got Copy to the final angle. of the Euros, yeah, exactly. If we got to the final of the Euros, I'd rename it in a heartbeat. <laughs> I, I do have to say, Dave, before you go, we do have live questions on this show and a name you'll recognise, Ben City, Will Noel Lyons. Oh, good. Um, He's remembered your your, your club side in Newcastle. Where would you prefer to see Mourinho pop up next, boys? Newcastle, Swansea or Wales? <laughs> he ain't coming to the Liberty. We've got Steve Cooper, so you can have him. I, I, I'd be happy. I don't think uh, I don't think Mike Ashley had happily happily put his hands in his pockets for what Mourinho wants. But I tell you what, if he got rid of Steve Bruce, I'd uh, I'd, dri- I'd drive him there from London tomorrow myself. I, I was thinking of you at injury time on Saturday and the state of your living room. I think. I, I, yeah, I, I don't I, I don't think the neighbours were too happy. But, uh, there you go. but thank you for the question, Noel. Uh, lovely, to get, lovely to hear from you.
Well, listen, Dyke, thank you for being with us. Um, you're welcome back on the show. And as we get nearer to the Euros, we'll, we'll definitely speak to you again as, as Wales look to progress and we'll see how Page gets on. Thank you very much for your time. Weekly slot. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Thank you Cheers, for your time Thanks a lot. Uh, this evening. And actually, just on the Jose Mourinho um, subject, Fraser, we, we should probably just talk about the, the Carabao Cup final very briefly. Um, yeah. I started by saying, you know, if, if you sack your manager the week of a, a cup final, you almost deserve what what happens. And I thought yesterday Tottenham lacked a game plan and a strategy, really, and that's why Manchester City were one nil winners in the end. But what do you expect when a manager is so inexperienced? I mean, Ben, I'm I'm going to speak from a neutral point of view, and and I'm going to speak how I would be feeling if I was in your own position. I suppose as Spurs fan, is if you sack Jose Mourinho on the Monday, and I, and I I've been saying that. I thought it was meandering towards that conclusion at the end of this season anyway. Mm-hmm. But to do it on a Monday before a cup final and then to play in the same mould that Mourinho's been playing... Worse. With, without, yeah. without the track record of a man in finals, without the man who's got so much know-how and winning trophies, who is the only man who have beaten Guardiola in a final, who has beaten him this season already... It was just bizarre. It was almost, we're going to go out in the same mould, but with a lesser man in place. And I'm not putting any kind of blame on Ryan Mason. I mean, what could he do in six days to turn it round? We weren't going to talk with some kind of revamp of style. But there didn't seem any kind of inclination to go at Manchester City or to disrupt them, you know? And it's almost, I, I think, I thought it was a bizarre decision on Monday. And having seen yesterday's game, I think it's even more bizarre now. Just the yeah. timing of it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, well, listen, I've thoroughly enjoyed your company this evening, Fraser, and it was great to talk to uh, Diaries just now. And do, do subscribe to the podcast because it, it's well worth a listen. Uh, good to hear from him and just his thoughts on on, on the Welsh football and, and your reminiscing as well. And I think, I think we're all looking forward, actually, to a summer of football. I think the, the Euros will bring some relief. It was good to see fans back inside Wembley yesterday, yeah. albeit limited numbers. That was great to see. And these are all signs. These are all signs that, that we're heading in the right direction that there's no doubt about it and with the cricket returning in Pembrokeshire as well um, th- there are brighter days ahead just to read out a couple more messages that have come in actually on, on the subject uh, my dad always messages the show and, and he says um, Andrew Flintoff has become president and made himself available for my old club St Anne's Cricket Club there yeah. the Lancashire League Fraser that's happening a lot now that's great Mark Wood played for his local club actually batted at three on Saturday which is a game it's great when that happens. It's so good for people involved. You know. He did. He, he batted at three. I think didn't score that many, did he? And then he, I think he bowled four overs and was naught for twelve. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you were you were playing this weekend, Fraser, and there's Mark Wood steaming in at you. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't see me, mate. I'd be standing at square leg. Oh, it's good but yeah it does feel like hopefully things are moving sure. in the right direction and we and we hope they do uh, so Fraser good luck to you for the weekend and we'll hear all about it on the show next Monday well, you, you might do <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how things go yeah you'll be you'll be hot off the press won't you next week having yeah. finished the game for Flam Ryan and good luck to everyone involved uh, in, in the Pembrokeshire Cricket League getting action back underway uh, we will be back uh, next Monday between 7 and 9 and you can join us Saturday morning as well from 8 o'clock on the way after the night o'clock news it's back to back with steve parsons and ronnie j thanks for your company have a great rest of monday it's pure west radio 